Hello, and welcome to Hero Convos, the recording about champions in writing, where we examine the arcs and craft behind your favorite TV and movie people, and everything we say is in Comic Sans. My name is Michael Ruiz. My name is Tomlin Joseph. And I got a question for you, bud. Joe, do you have a favorite MacGuffin from a movie? I do. I think my favorite MacGuffin from a, from a movie is whether or not... <laughs> Marty's parents have sex. <laughs> it's probably my favorite MacGuffin in a movie is Marty having to make sure that his parents have sex, mm-hmm. but instead his mom is trying to fuck him. Mm-hmm. It's great. What a great plot. Mm-hmm. What a great MacGuffin. <laughs> that is the type of like absurd and yet seemingly like you could see the like the train of logic of how someone's like, hey, you know, what if we just had like, it's not a raunchy rom-com conceit but it is like how we got to the point of like where you get like the 2000s rom-com you know you know i think back mm-hmm. to the future laid the groundwork by saying bro what if because you went back in time and like cb'd your dad now you're not gonna cut now you're not gonna be real anymore <laughs> bro i mean in theory you could be real he would just be like a natural genetic clone of yourself anyway we don't need to get into the science <laughs> of that yeah well, okay, so that's my answer, Michael. You never gave me an answer to what your favorite uh, MacGuffin would be. Maybe I should ask that question first. What's your favorite MacGuffin in a movie? I feel like it's weird how we both went to Back to the Future. Mine's a little less shitposty than yours is. I was just going to say the okay. lightning bolt in Back to the Future, the 1.21 gigawatts of power, just because... Like, so much in that, that movie just has that central motif strewn all about it, about, like, this kind of unstoppable force that you're trying to get back to, whether it be time, love, or a bolt of lightning. I think that that movie does a pretty good job of doing that, and it still feels thematic about how, like, that bolt of lightning is about being in the right place at the right time, just like how Marty kind of needs to get his parents back together, kind of thing. It's like, it, it takes a wide variety of variables, but... We could also just say them wanting to fuck Mar about Lorraine wanting to fuck Marty instead is actually the better MacGuffin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It also proves how like a MacGuffin isn't inherently a bad thing. But I'm assuming we're going to get into that this episode, Joe. Because what did we watch this week? Uh, this week we watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's why our intro music, our, our our introduction to our podcast was a little different than normal. Because Doctor Strange has universes that are a little different than normal, and that's probably uh, the most we could really describe the multiverses in this world. Yeah. Anyway, it is. Uh, this film was directed by Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may recognize this man as the man who directed the Evil Dead trilogy or the original Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. Uh, Sam Raimi directed this film, and it stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, Elizabeth Olsen returns as the Scarlet Witch, uh, Benedict Wong and Rachel McAdams also appear, and we have Sochi Gomez as our new America Chavez. Uh, if you're a big fan of the comic books, um, then you know why it's very hyped to have this character in live action. Mm-hmm. This film was written by Michael Waldron, um, who's actually become like a star writer for the MCU, and yeah. we'll get into why that's a little problematic later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the basic plot is that Doctor Strange opened up the multiverse in Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. If y'all saw that movie and listened to our episode that started this season about that, go listen to it. He ruined everything, and because he ruins everything, and he's such a calculating jerk in every single dimension, uh, basically... There's just one dimension where he has America Chavez as a sidekick. She's this young cross dimension. Like, she, she's able to, like, kick star-shaped dimensions into other dimensions. Star-shaped portals into other dimensions. And she is basically the walking MacGuffin, which is why we also had our other intro. Mm-hmm. It seems like every in every universe she goes to, something's always trapped out to get her. Um, but she doesn't quite understand why. Until... We find out it is Wanda the Scarlet Witch who has decided to break bad in an attempt to get her children back in our universe. Uh, Doctor Strange then has to hop from universe to universe with America Chavez to find a way to stop Wanda. Because Sam Raimi has a background in horror, there's some horror elements in here. Also are, you know, classical superhero stuff about noble, selfish, uh, and selfless ways that we will go um, to try and get someone that we love back Mm -hmm. into this universe. So I said a lot of things right there, mm-hmm. um, not so eloquently. Michael, 
What did you think of this movie? <laughs> yeah, I guess, once again, spo- full spoiler warnings for everyone who's interested in seeing it. I would still give this movie a thumbs up. Just one thumbs up. I you know, I, I like this movie. Uh, I don't think it's perfect. Uh, there's a lot going on, as you just said, Joe. Like, this is the best we could try to do, wrap it up. But, yeah, full spoiler warning. Uh, I'd give this a thumbs up. Joe, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, there's your, you know, if you just want to go check it out. But, anyway, uh, I like this movie. Like I said... I remember all the things I was talking about, how the blending of horror and superheroes feels like a, a dimension where it just fails all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm going to eat my own words a little bit, <laughs> because I think <laughs> Sam Raimi managed to do exactly that just by making the horror a little bit kind of like B-movie horror camp. And by making mm-hmm. it like that, it weirdly, there in, in B-movie horror, there is a way of embracing the camp that things feel absurd and almost magically surreal and that level Mm -hmm. of approach makes it almost perfect for wanda's power specifically it makes her Mm -hmm. multi like like being able to like like change the fabric of reality around her what a great way of showing off her powers that aren't just like her like you know twitching her fingers a little bit you know it's 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 one of the biggest things i think i could ask for in a, in a superhero movie and also in a horror movie, which is, you know, show off this character for being the full kind of like scary abilities that they actually have. And boy, howdy, does she get some fucking moments here where she's like running over glass and shit and she's fucking killing John Krasinski. You know, it's great. <laughs> I love I love my initial uh, part of this movie. But Joe, how did you feel? I know you don't have the same affinity for horror that I do. Um, so I'm curious as to how these landed for you. I am a big fan of Sam Raimi, and I believe I introduced y'all to the Evil Dead trilogy. Yes. So I was super down for the horror in this film. The way in which, you're right, like they used Wanda's power, like Sam Raimi knows how to shoot Wanda's powers. From the very first scene when she attacks, uh, from her first big action sequence when she um, attacks uh, the fortress that Doctor Strange and uh, and Wong are are held up in. When, when she is like looking around, in the sky to try and find one one of the magicians to to go up to and then we get Mm -hmm. to a cut of her showing up out of nowhere and whispering into this guy's ear run so good the tension in that scene it is incredibly campy it's incredibly cheesy but it's done so well and then the guy freaks out and runs away um he has like a mental breakdown and and it's set up with the line where Wong's just like fortify your minds (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i will say that sam raimi has seemed to to dial in as i'm taking back has not dialed back his affinity for screaming women specifically but at least in this movie he seemed to be a little more equal opportunity with it in terms of there's a lot of screaming in this movie uh, just from uh, you know, I think every background character is screaming at one point or another. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, I think you're right. Like from the very beginning, and I'm surprised as how quickly they abandoned. They they, they from the right from the get go. They just were like totally upfront, and I loved it about how they were like, nope, uh, Scarlet Witch is the villain in this movie. She is not going to even pretend to be the hero for like more than five minutes. And yes, that is us being like. This movie's about Doctor Strange. We're probably going to talk about Wanda more in this episode because she has the more interesting arc in this movie. <laughs> it's true. And, and it's just true. And move like how the movie demonstrates her ability, the arc that she actually has to go under. We're kind of going to probably get into it, but I think that, like you said, from the very beginning, this like pacing of just admitting straight from the get-go of like, nope, she's a villain. She knows she's a villain and we're going to kind of commit to that makes the first act of this movie feel so quick. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it's like spinning its wheels at all a little bit in this kind of opening act. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. outside of some of the stuff with America at the beginning, but uh, I think with Wanda in particular, I love how much they're willing to just commit to. No, this is just like where she's at, right? Like they 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 don't try to they don't try to like subterfuge uh, her 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 intentions at all. Also because of how powerful she is, right? mm Hmm. And I don't know, I guess, Joe, what are your takes on Wanda in this movie as she is uh, first appearing, as she first kind of is out there? I, I think it was an interesting choice to make Wanda the villain right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they revealed it quickly, but 
her turn to a villain, I've read a lot of criticism about this film. And for people who haven't seen her, especially who people who haven't seen her show WandaVision, they're kind of caught off guard by it. Yeah. But when you when you have a writer like Michael Waldron, who's trying to take into account the entirety of the MCU, let's like backtrack like Wanda's story a little bit and recap her. If you know, if you haven't listened to our Wanda episode, go listen to that. Mm-hmm. But here's a brief summary of her history. Her family um, dies in a bombing that was uh, that was using Stark technology. Mm-hmm. Um, she then decides to volunteer for a Nazi, a neo-Nazi organization called Hydra, where she's experimented on and gains her powers. Her and her brother Quicksilver then perform evil acts for uh, the villain uh, Ultron, where Quicksilver then dies. Mm-hmm. Her brother, whom she loves, yeah. she then decides to become a hero. Um, she becomes a hero and is then placed in the prison industrial complex. Yep. After that, <laughs> after that, uh, she breaks out uh, with the help of Captain America. And then her um, the love of her life vision uh, dies and then gets reborn and then dies again. <laughs> and then she and then ha- after having a mental breakdown from that, decides that she's going she all she wants is to just live a happy family suburban life uh, in um, a suburban life that gets taken away from her, uh, including the children that she created in the suburban life that she believed to be real. And mm-hmm. the uh, fake version, the like the version of her husband as well mm-hmm. that she created. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gets all taken away from her, which leads her to this movie. Yeah, she's gone through a lot of suffering and a lot of pain. So when the movie starts and you like have that knowledge beforehand, like, okay, I get why she's a villain. But if you were just watching the movies beforehand, you're like, why is she doing this? Yeah. And why is she solely focused on just her kids? It seems kind of a a little sexist to have this woman just want to want to be want to be a mom and have kids. And that's like her sole drive in life and it's like not like yes that's what happens in the movie but that's not the overarching like narrative of her character yeah yeah perhaps we're not the person the people to 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 draw this line but i agree it's like this is i think this is playing with like how kind of deeply conservative the uh the mcu is as a whole that it can really only imagine meaningful relationships as familial ones and it just so happens Mm -hmm. that most of those familial relationships are uh you know heteronormative nuclear family esque uh relationships it's you know Mm -hmm. you know also go listen to our hawkeye episode where you know one of the problems with that story is also like it took a story that was about a community of people who were not a family it was about like you know an apartment you know a bunch of tenants that were all together uh fighting you know fighting off uh uh, people trying to kick them out of their home uh and it turns it all into this very like simple family narrative kind of thing and that's just mcu's favorite thing to do because like don't get me wrong i'm not gonna say no to family either but it is it is a very limiting perspective, right? I think it's even limiting in this movie that I agree with you that like when she when when alternate Wanda, who is just being possessed, wakes up and is like, My boys, and it's like, Okay. Like, you're not gonna pause to think about how you're on a floating platform in a like a mirror dimension, covered in blood. Your first thought is your boys, like Wanda, at you know, like I, you know, I, I, I agree giving children priority. It seems a little bit like, wait, you, you'd have at least one other thought before then, right? <laughs> you ask, how'd I get here? How'd I get here? Where am I? Where's the door? You know? <laughs> how do I get back? You know, like, I feel like, how do I get, like, where? Anything, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. And I think it's, it's, it, it's funny that I think with this movie, there is the usage of the multiverse as almost the exact opposite of what we were praising everything everywhere all at once about a few episodes ago, where it's about the full wide dimensions that you as an individual can be, right? Instead, this movie uses the multiverse to really talk more about constants. There is a constant in both Strange and uh, Wanda that like, Mm-hmm. Wanda will always be like so deeply ride or die for the people she loves and that strange will always be like a calculating asshole and like that is like meant to be their constant about them no matter what universe mm-hmm. you go to with them that will always be true mm-hmm. and 
of course, like, is on some level that, like, like what you were saying before, is there something kind of, like, pretty gendered about the idea that, like, ah, yes, like, one is logical and one's emotional? Yes. I don't think there's any getting around that. You know, once again, right. MCU, we could talk about the larger conservative nature of that. Yeah, absolutely. If someone had that criticism, that's absolutely fair, <laughs> you know? Um mm-hmm. But I think, and this is like, you know, this is me giving a little bit more charity than perhaps it deserves. It's just that because I think I'm giving Wanda a sympathetic reading, because I think on some level you are meant to be sympathetic for Wanda. Oh, very much so. Yeah. That like this movie, in my opinion, ends up becoming a very personal story about how selfish love as an emotion and a motivation can really be because it is all for her in the end, right? It's one of my favorite moments when uh, Wong is yelling at Wanda saying, like, can't you just find peace in the in the fact that there is some version of you that is out there that is happy, that, that has what she wants? And she is, she, she pushes him off a cliff and says, no. That is not enough for me. And, like, it Mm -hmm. is not even enough to know that I in some other world is happy. Like, me, more than, more important than any other me, more important than any other, like, uh, of my kids, you know, kids that exist with that version of me, I want them to be with me. And I think that that is that level of, like, like, self, uh, like, self-pain and self, I'm trying to think of a more complicated word than angst, that comes with that level of, like, being so lost that you cannot see outside of yourself you can only see what's immediately in front of you. And that's why, you know, you know, that that's why she behaves in the way she does in this movie. Right. Because she is someone who is so deeply hurting. And right. That's why I think I end up coming across this movie. You know, once again, still saying like, you know, thumbs up, you know, this, this is now like, you know, uh, a class, my favorite movie ever work, but I do think it, there is an arc there, you know? Right. And I'm curious, Joe, is like what you were, what was kind of going through your mind when you were watching this as someone who's also like, you know, we're also like relatively, we've seen all the MCU stuff. Like we, we, we've been on this, we've been on this train since, uh, since Ultron with Wanda, right? <laughs> for better and for worse. Right. No, I thought it was a really interesting place to take Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we got to see this side of her. I'm glad that mm-hmm. she is uh, given that layer to her motivations and the complexity of her feelings like you said like like you described it's her flaw is that she can't see outside of herself in this moment yeah and like that is normally how most villains in films operate but it's not a theme but the thematic weight behind that usually isn't there but it is here Mm -hmm. and i think that's a strength of that's a strength of the writing my biggest frustration is like, why did it have to be this movie? You know, why did we have to have our Wanda climax being like our second Doctor Strange movie where Doctor Strange could use a bit more characterization? Doctor Strange could use a lot more of everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. The film opens and start it opens and ends with like the question of Doctor Strange, are you happy? And mm-hmm. we spend most of the film dealing with the fact that Scarlet Witch isn't happy. And she's mm-hmm. tried to search for a means to happiness. Doctor Strange isn't searching for a means to happiness along all of this, you know? Yeah. It's yep. just, she, he just happens to stumble into uh, stumble into the love of his life in another dimension. And then they have a couple meaningful conversations and that's it. Yeah. And he gets, he gets a plucky little girl to uh, hang out with him for a bit. Right. Because the MCU loves having a sidekick character, which... Oh, man. Do we want to talk about America Chavez now? (laughs) Yeah, let's just do it now. Just because it's like, I want to say this kind of on the record. Why the fuck did you make uh, America Chavez a Mexican? Like, we don't have the time or like the the people has clicked on this episode because they only watched a movie. We don't have time to talk about her long history. But like America Chavez is Puerto Rican. There's no getting around that. Like, this feels like a really, really bad decision kind of thing it's like when we talk about the conversation of like you know oh you know it's all latino at the end so whatever this is this is what people are referring to like this exact decision and i don't know i i think it's actually worse that you tried to be like oh well you know to 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 get around that fact that the 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 uh, actress is uh mexican we're just gonna make this character also this that's like no, that I feel like that's worse, <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't know that it's, it's, yeah, it's just no good. And nonetheless, like, I also think that, like, even this take on America Chavez, and, like, 
don't don't get me wrong. I think uh, Sochi Gomez does like a great job with what she's given. Like this, I do not think it's on her. I think she's you know I think she's uh, she's she's great at doing what she's given. Uh, it's not on her at all. This is absolutely just direction, right? She can't be allowed to be the like like the butch power lesbian that she is in the comics like that is america chavez but like in this movie where we'll see a guy's head get blown out but we can't see two gay moms kiss that is what we're going to get (laughs) and that feels like some that's like straight up like erasure shit you know that's like straight up like they don't want this in the movie kind of thing we can't have gay shit here when america chavez is one of the gayest characters in marvel comics (laughs) That 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 little girl gay, and you know as a result, this is the character we got, and I think that that's really, really not good. <laughs> and that's like we we could get into that, but I think we're 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 leaving our lane a little too much. Other than that, um, unless Joe, of course, do you want to do you want to harp on anything? I just want to ask one question for maybe sure. our listeners who might not know the character as well, and maybe didn't see some of the things that 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 we saw while watching the movie. But Michael, how did they code her as Mexican and not Puerto Rican? Oh, that she has the sugar skull on her mm-hmm. on her denim jacket at the like the bottom right of it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. That is just the it's the um, the very significant Day of the Dead sugar skull that most people recognize as like Mexican iconography, um, mm-hmm. and that's that specifically is the thing that people plenty of people are talking about this right now. Like I'm sure it will not take very far the very many Google searches to go towards, and it's like I said. Right. It's, because Sochi Gomez is also Mexican, you know. I'm sure you could have found uh, another Puerto Rican uh, actress to 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 take this role, <laughs> or it could have just written, you know, been a bit more thoughtful with the costume design. Um, everything, and knowing knowing just that everything. story, knowing that back. So this is all to say, on top of this character having some some uh, some missing representation um, from her from the origins. She's also treated as a MacGuffin in this film. She, you know, this character who, like you said, she, she's butch. She's very strong. She's very powerful. She takes a lot of action herself, herself mm-hmm. in many comic books. Yeah. So for here, for, for in this film, for her to be um, very much a, a victim of the plots <laughs> yeah. as a way, constantly running away and not running towards something feels a little odd. So as she's constantly like she has the power that Scarlet Witch wants so Scarlet Witch could have her kids, you know, Mm -hmm. it's and she's constantly insecure about her powers. It reminds me a lot of what they did to Spider-Man with the MCU movies Mm -hmm. where it's like Peter Parker clearly hasn't learned the lesson with great power learns great. There must come great responsibility. He clearly Mm -hmm. doesn't have that attitude yet. And they're they're particularly using a younger take on the character and granted the character is supposed to be pretty young and so is america chavez and the comic she's 18 but the fact that she hasn't gotten to the point where she's the character that we recognize and the fact that it takes to the end of this movie and dr strange for her to get to that point is kind of disappointing when you when you're a fan of hers so Yeah. yeah that's in my opinion, an aspect of the weakness of the writing and story of this uh, of this film. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, once again, it, it also like this movie's doing uh, Wanda no more favors in all the jokes about her being the redlining of WandaVision of kicking out all the people of color. And they're like, what's she doing in this movie but chasing <laughs> the only brown person? <laughs> and it's okay to kill you to save my kids. Yeah, it's just chasing the only, like, uh, young, uh, like, brown girl. Like, come on, Wanda. Like, think about what, think about what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, America Chavez is the leader of the Young Avengers for a reason, right? You know, she, she like, charges a little head first. And I think that this is why, like, 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 like I said, like, as someone who has a, a, a little sister that I would call, like, kind of plucky a little bit. I understand the idea. That being said, like, this is clearly the MCU's favorite thing. That is this, like, very, once again, we like to compare a very uh, masculine uh, hero with uh, a spunky little girl. Like, that is just the trope at this point. You know, not every movie can be Logan. You know, sorry. 
Um, I would say that's probably the most interesting version, but you know, that was Clint and Kate. That was, that was, that was even Steve and Wanda at one point, you know, that is, that's just mm-hmm. like the dynamic they like to have on display, probably because some writer out there has a daughter. And it's like, whoa, what if, dude? <laughs> yeah. What if I was an old sad man, I had to take care of my daughter that I don't understand, you know? Because <laughs> I don't have the basic understanding of empathy. <laughs> Damn. I, I don't want to be too down on it in the same way that, like, you know, for all my problems with something like Stranger Things, I don't want to be too down on those kids because all those little kids, they're, you know, they're great. They're one, they're wonderful performers. It's not on them. Uh, they, they, you know, they were just handed a script. This is their big break, you know. I, I, I'm curious to see what they will do with America Chavez in the future of the MCU. Uh, I would still watch, you know, when she gets, if she gets her own show, I'd still watch it, so to say. Uh, it is for just sure. something that's in my... Uh, in my brain when I'm thinking about her in this movie as someone who also like kind of just is very reactive. Right. And I think that that's what we're, where we're having friction with is that you took like the definition of an active character and made her the most passive character in this movie where she also just kind of screams a lot and then, you know, stars explode. (laughs) Yeah. It's frustrating to see that, but to your point, Michael, it seems like they're trying to set up, um, uh, something like Kieran Gillen's run on Young Avengers with mm-hmm. some of the characters they've introduced. Uh, yeah. Patriot has been introduced, it sort of introduced in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. He played a very, yeah. very small role. If you yeah. weren't paying attention to the name, you might not notice. Um, yeah. He was just there for the uh, he was just there for the uh, the uh, army commercial at the beginning. Damn, rude, but what true. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, he's trying his best. Um, yeah, of course, of course, of course. He's getting, he's gotten a cool role. Uh, there's Kid Loki. We have America mm-hmm. Chavez. We now have Hawkeye. We have, of course, the twins, um, Wiccan and is it Speed? Yeah, yeah, Wiccan Wait. and Speed. Yeah, I think so. Are, are there superhero names? I know Wiccan, but yeah. Okay. Oh boy, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So the only characters we're missing are Teddy, mm-hmm. um, Wiccan, Wiccan's boyfriend, then fiance, then husband, mm-hmm. um, and Prodigy, right? Yeah. Because the only characters we're missing out of uh, Karen Gillan's run. Yeah. And now we're also getting a Ms. Marvel, uh, a Ms. Marvel show, which mm-hmm. um, uh, we'll talk about later when that comes around. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what they bring with her. I, I'm just kind of disappointed that this is the late, this is how we got introduced. I hope whoever ends up writing her next sticks a bit closer to how she's written in the comics because I would love to see her be um, just as confident as Kate is in Hawkeye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or even like Yelena at a certain point because it's just like, I'm just going to go do X thing. And, you know, everything else is just a wall in my way that I absolutely can smash down, you know? <laughs> That's um, true. She, yeah, they have very similar characterization. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, like, also, Red Guardian and Yelena, you know, like, it's, it's, the, it's, it's just, it's what they like to do. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I, anyway, my, I guess, like, another thing about this, before we leave, like, this whole MacGuffin talk a little bit too much, is that I think with America Chavez... And the, the this movie as a whole, with the evil book and the good book, I know their names, I'm not going to call them that, because fuck, the, the, the silliest plot line, it's like, we're trying to get to the good book, because she's got the evil book. <laughs> That's just a Sam Raimi thing, it's it's camp, Michael, it's camp. I know, I, like, again, <laughs> I get it, on a certain level, I, I get it, but I think what it, what it I think at very least what the, what the, the evil book is at least allowed to do is that it is it is the manifestation and the tangibility of all of Wanda's sorrow, right? It, it's allow it's allowing her to to act upon all of the 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 the, the awful emotions that she feels, right? And I think that mm-hmm. like for her character, that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense for also even Strange to be using it later in the movie. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why the good book is a is a, is a plot beat for as long as it is because. This is something that my older brother said when we were leaving. He's like, I don't understand why they didn't. Because it's like, if it's the good book, that's the answer to everything kind of thing. Why can't it just bring them back kind of thing? Like the good book doesn't get to do anything. It's just there. (laughs) It's just, it's just like a a light at the end of the tunnel that you're chasing. And not like a metaphorical way where it's like, oh, you, you thought you would come to this answer at the end. It's just like, oh no, there was a book. Then it got burnt. So 
you can't use it anymore. Whoops. Yeah, the, the, the book just serves the plot of them, of the physical plotting of it, them trying to get to a central location and the reason for them to go through many multiverses, right? Yeah. That, and, even, and, you know, this is my one of my and many other people's biggest criticisms of the film is for a title, uh, Multiverse of Madness, they go to exactly two universes. We really only, I mean, like, yes, there is a big cut, a really great, a really great montage of them collapsing through many different multiverses that mm-hmm. look very cool. But we only see two of them. And one of mm-hmm. them is, hey, things are kind of backwards. And then the other one is, hey, look at all the cameos yeah and um god you're so right look at all the cameos and then step outside and oh there's hell um Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah actually no that's technically the third one there's three there's three i lied yeah that's a third universe where they go to the one where dr strange is the gatekeeper to hell (laughs) yeah and this is once again um the mcu being a bit too i think leaning into itself a bit too much yeah. Like it doesn't need to be about its its own universe. This is where Sam Raimi as a director could have had more fun with different multiverses. Yeah. Um and the ways in which different universes go about. So instead we got, hey, look at these alternate takes on characters. Some of them you recognize, and then one of them is a fan casting. Okay. Yep. Uh <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh- yeah. I really want to hold that thought just because we have to hop into a a multiverse of our own really quickly, but let's hold that thought in the multiverse because I want to return to something that actually I think is an interesting point of like exactly what you said, but we got to, we got to hop away for a second, Joe. Do you know what we got to hop away to? Go to the fucking good book, Michael. We're going to the good book of trivia is what we're going. (laughs) And we're back. I'm having a lot of fun. So let's just let's let's, let's keep it let's keep it uh, let's keep it light and keep it moving. Joe and I have been quizzing each other all season, trying to guess, going to get uh, trying to tally more and more points. Whoever has more points at the end of the season will get to subject the other one to a hot one style questionnaire, uh, grilling them about their favorite episodes uh, this season uh, through fan submitted questions, through written submitted questions. So by all means, hit us up. Let us know uh, what questions you might want to ask the other one. Uh, maybe we'll even make the person who's getting grilled ask one other one in return, just for fun, uh, while their mouth is on fire. Maybe we should also let our guests know when this is going to end, so they know when to submit their questions by. Why not? So, about mid-July is where our season is going to end, so please have your questions submitted before then. Yes. By all means. Please. We would love to see them. Anyway... Joe, we got, we got, we got, we got some trivia prepared uh, about the variety of topics going on in this movie. And uh, I'm going to accept two answers for my very first question, Joe, in that, do you know which writer slash story inspired the name for this movie? Multiverse of Madness? Yeah. I mean, this sounds like like something like Stan Lee would write because it's a it's a um, both M's. But are you referring to like a specific horror writer? Yeah. Is it Stephen King? It is not Stephen King. Think, um... Think more cosmic. Oh, Lovecraft? It is Lovecraft. The the, mm-hmm. the story was Mountains of Madness. I would have also accepted Hatsune Miku, because, you know, much like Wanda is accidentally behaving, uh, Lovecraft, big racist. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Strange is apparently quite popular with musicians when I was looking up trivia for this episode. Can you name just one of the several bands that have referenced him in lyrics or songs? Has George Harrison referenced Doctor Strange at some point of the Beatles? Because it sounds like I think they get along real well. I wouldn't be surprised. No, but you're you're really close with the answer of the Beatles. I would say go keep going up the alley of like dad rock, so to say. The Rolling Stones? Yep, the Rolling Stones in Sympathy for okay. the Devil. There is a reference to Doctor Strange as in the music video of Pans Over a Doctor Strange comic. Oh, Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. It's weird. It's weird, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I also would have accepted Pink Floyd, which like also uh, not, a, not a surprise. E- exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Country Joe and the Fish, Mambo and Son, Al Stewart. Al Stewart and Al Rolling Stewart. Stones. Yeah. 
Um, so I was like, I was like stunned. Apparently this is a very common thing that I knew nothing about because I know nothing about music. And then Leslie, uh, do you know which moniker of a famous uh, hero America Chavez has also taken? Captain America. It's Captain America. I was like, don't think too hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, Joe. Uh, that was pretty solid. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. How many points did I get there? That's three for three. You're you're being too generous with me. All you right, just want me fine. To tie with I'll, you. I'll give you a point five on the music question. I think you would have gotten the 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 writer story because, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'll give you I'll give you a half on the music one. So this question is a little bit vague. Um, my question, uh, my first question is a little vague. So I'll clarify. During the very specific scene I referenced, I mentioned earlier, where Doctor Strange and uh. America Chavez are jumping through a bunch of multiverses at the same time, and you see the flashes of a bunch of them. Uh, within the flat, within those flashes, uh, one of Doctor Strange's uh, famous multiversal villains makes uh, a brief cameo. Do you know which one it is? He's uh, been rumored to be in a movie for a while. Oh, is it uh, Mephisto? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good guess. Um, no, it's the Living Tribunal. Ah. Uh. The Living Tribunal uh, is like super giant. It has like three stone mm-hmm. heads, yeah. uh, three stone faces on one head facing different directions. And they're supposed yeah. to be the guardian. They're supposed to be like the guardian of the multiverse. So, yeah, that's that's a big one. Yeah. Um, OK, so in the comics and I'm going to I'm going to clarify which superhero team is Doctor Strange also a part of, but hasn't been an MCU team. Ooh, uh, it's gotta be, um, it's gotta be, uh, the, 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 oh, we're like the four dickheads. They're like the four geniuses of like Hank McCoy, Reed Richards, um, Tony Stark <laughs> and Dr. Strange. They're like the, f- I know there's an actual name for them, but I just call mm-hmm. them the four assholes because man, think about being in a room with those guys. I could also say the Midnight Suns kind of thing. Yeah. I'll um, accept the Midnight Suns. Yeah. Uh, but I was like the four dickheads. I forget. I always forget their name, but they're like the, the super minds. <laughs> the Illuminati serves the same purpose. Yeah. Um, and they're all supposed to be dickhead geniuses who want to manipulate the universe. They're most the, the it's funny. It's funny that they use the, the Illuminati as the name for the, the 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 characters that appear in this movie because they're most famously known for uh, shipping Hulk into space and then Hulk coming back and trying to take over the world. Yep. Um. So tangent aside, uh, you got a point there. And my final question uh, for you is uh, Dr. Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum is Latin for what? Is it Mind Palace? No. Is it safe place? No. Michael Michael's uh, pretty big into um, um into Latin ever since uh, hosting the D&D campaign. So that's why I asked this question. I'll give you one more shot at it. But you're you're kind of on the right track. Is it like place of the mind? No, it's not about mind. It's actually holy of holies. Is oh. Oh, sanct Oh shit, you're right. It is. Mhm. Yeah. Do that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Holy of Holies, the good book. You read yes. that good book, Joe? Have you read the good book? Um You read that good book? Yeah, you read that I, good I, book? I, yeah. You hit yes, that good I've book? Read the good book. Please, please, please stop knocking on my door. Please you stop knocking on my door. Do you want to take a hit of this? <laughs> uh, well, well, well then. If you're knocking on my door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So hopping back to universe, woof, we went to the paint dimension. That was kinda cool. Um, you know, you were joking about the being a fan cast, right? We're talking about, we're talking about the, um, we're talking about how John Krasinski is, um, is Reed Richards, Richards, right? Yes. Yeah. And I I really want to call this out just that, like, I have never been, once again, this movie knows how to characterize Juan as a sympathetic character because when Reed Richards shows up, I was like, God, I hope Reed Richards dies because you know who sucks? (laughs) Reed Richards! Like and then and and played and played it's even better played by John Krasinski who is like the most like pro CIA kind of guy kind of thing and who who is in that really awful Jack Reacher show and so it's like to be to be fan cast as this I was like you know 
when Wanda when Wanda like tore him apart, I was like, you know, I kind of get it. <laughs> like fuck you know Reed what? Richards. <laughs> Wanda's out here trying to be a good mom. She doesn't have time for bad dads. Okay. Yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like the the biggest the reason. Okay, we got to be clear about why we don't like Reed Richards in this podcast, Michael. We don't like Reed yeah, Richards because a lot of the conflict in the Fantastic Four, which is known as Marvel's first family, it's the first superhero team comic book ever, mm-hmm. um, and one of Marvel's oldest comic books as well as a publication. And the 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 problem with Reed as a character is that a lot of the conflict for the Fantastic Four comes from them as four characters butting heads. And the yeah. problem that Reed has is as one of the smartest people in the universe, he can be uh, emotionally stunted mm-hmm. and can prioritize his desire for science over his family. Mm-hmm. So there are often times where he's just like, I can't do that. I don't want to do that because science. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, um, very reminiscent of the real world where where it's like, we don't care. We'll hire Nazi Nazis to work for NASA science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like the same kind of logic, like fun funds, like and, and like um, fuels Reed Richards. And that's kind of frustrating uh, yeah. to watch that play out. Um, so like when people wanted to cast John Krasinski as him, it's because people really like John Krasinski and he's a really likable guy. But mm-hmm. Michael and I read Reed as a character as being an asshole. Like mm-hmm. he should be he should be like if you want to have him. If you want to have him be like likable, like I think getting I think getting William Jackson Harper as Reed Richards would be oh, a much better casting. Yes. Because if anyone if you ever watch The Good Place, Michael and I really like the show. William Jackson Harper plays a character who is like the smartest character in the room, but he constantly gets in his own way. And mm-hmm. that's what causes conflict. And he yeah. does it in a way where you still like him, but you know he is his biggest problem. And yeah. I think that is probably a better way. I think he would be a better actor for Reed than John Krasinski, who who originally auditioned to be Captain America, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like there's a way of having this type of like intellectual style character that is not like obsessed with how like morality has no pl- ethics have no place in like intellectual conversation. Right. Like, mm-hmm. that is, like, the worst, that that's, like, you know, just, that's just a, a villain on a, on a nutshell, right? Like, it's like, ah, mm-hmm. yes, your, your, your code of ethics has no place here, right? That's just an evil scientist mm-hmm. character. Or people's emotions make them irrational, therefore they are uh, uh, subject to error, so to say, unlike I am. Uh, and that's just, you know, like I said, that, that's pretty hateable, just in general, if you're, if you disagree with that, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe unpack some things. But I, I agree with you. I think that <laughs> casting William Jackson Harper as someone who like like clearly knows how to play that kind of like very 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 smart character that doesn't sound condescending, that doesn't sound uh, mean, and kind of ultimately means to like educate, so to say, which is like I think what those characters are designed to do. I think you can have a lot of heart there. You can have a lot of goodness actually. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we end up getting this. But like I said. I do think it has made it did make that scene where Wanda just tears that whole room apart way more satisfying in my end. Cause it's like, yeah, fuck Reed Richards, dude. <laughs> Even like probably yeah. fuck this version of Professor X. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Patrick Stewart, wonderful actor. But like probably fuck because yeah, most runs on uh most runs on Professor X are also kinda like, you know, maybe fuck Professor X. Professor X also runs into a I don't I, I'm not gonna get on my X-Men soapbox here. Um yeah. I'm deviating from from the episode here, but Professor X has a he has a similar but not the same issue as Reed. Um mm-hmm. I think Reed has a lot more in common with Beast, uh that X-Men character. But anyway. And Beast actually started the CIA anyway. Um, <laughs> he started the mutant CIA. Those are his words. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But with um, get it. Let's 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 bring our episode back. Let's yeah, let's, let's, let's bring re- it back down back to this in. universe. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about that scene really quickly because I think that's a big highlight for the writing. Once again, this film has like a 15 minute detour where we're going to just like gratify ourselves with these cameos. And then Mm -hmm. the writing is still smart enough to be like, we can't have these characters for the rest of the, the movie. And also like, we can't have them in the rest of the universe. 
So having a really cool horror style takedown where where Wanda comes in, she's limping, she has blood dripping down her face. So cool. And she kills them in so like we don't actually see them die. We don't see any blood from them, but they are killed in the most brutal of ways. Reed Richards is turned into fucking like silly string. And mm-hmm. um Captain Carter is um is cut in half by her own shield. Uh Black Bolt, uh we didn't even mention Black Bolt. Black Bolt <laughs> dies by exploding his own head because Wanda gets rid of his mouth but not his powers. And then and then she actually tears off Professor X's head. But mm-hmm. we don't see it because it turns into red mist. It's like his she takes the top half of his head to the left and the bottom half of his head to the right and into mist. Yeah. So yeah, it is wild. Yeah. Once again, we saw all of that, but we can't see two gay, gay moms kiss. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, <laughs> but I, I agree. Like, once again, like that is that is like PG theater, PG thirteen horror movie kind of shit. You know, like there's so much you can do by only showing so much, right? Like, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to actually be graphic to know that the violence is there. And showing mm-hmm. her, like, also like using the mist for what it is, still makes it seem very magical and ethereal, and makes it seem like her powers still have a place there. While also her being horrifying in those scenes, it's so cool, right? Like, especially with her just like mm-hmm. just furiously chasing after them, and then having to run away from her as she's running over glass and shit. And it's like, damn, whoa, whoa! Like, you know, never mind. Like, when we talk about showing off high power heroes. I feel like mm-hmm. we've had this complaint so many times that, like, we like low-power heroes because, you know, it's just martial arts after a while. And we both like martial arts because it's just good. Then it's, you know, just good fight choreography on the edge of, like, the stunt coordinators. Uh, but mm-hmm. here we get to see something completely different. And this mm-hmm. demonstration of power as as a means to be horrifying, as with, it has an intention it just it just feels so much cooler. It just feels like such a better demonstration. And that more important than anything, the emotion is there. The emotion of this of this of this character who's so driven that like any once again, anything that gets in her way is just is just something that's going to be smashed within a few moments. And that is that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that for this character right now, you know. Uh because I have sympathy for Wanda and that's that's where she's at, right? Uh, that right. she's just that driven, you know, she mm-hmm. is, she is, she is, she has lost herself that much. Uh, she's that narrow minded at this point, so to say, too. I have another point about that. I got to see this movie with Shannon, our beloved uh, associate producer of our podcast. Yes, she is yeah. still around and yep. <laughs> she's still associate producing behind the scenes. You don't know it, but she is always there. And at the end of every single episode. <laughs> what Shannon, uh, when, when I was able to watch this movie with Shannon, because she, I was able to convince Shannon to watch uh wandavision and she really mm-hmm. enjoyed wanda as a character and she really enjoyed wandavision um and when and she understands what wanda's motivations for the movie um mm-hmm. and when we were walking out of the theater we had a conversation about wanda and her powers and uh she told me it's okay to talk about this on the podcast she says that she has a hard time connecting with um high-powered characters when we talk mm-hmm. about like high power versus low power, she has a hard time mm-hmm. connecting with high power characters when they're usually when they're men. And the mm-hmm. reason why is because when you're dealing with power, it can be a power fantasy, right? But yeah. more often than not, in our real world, we deal with a lot of men who do have power. So seeing Wanda enact her powers is a lot more exciting. It also helps that her emotions are rather complex in this mm-hmm. film. Mm hmm. And there's a lot of nuance and a lot of attention towards that. So that also helps, which brings us back around to Dr. Strange and why he isn't really that much of a focus in this film. Because I think for if we're going to talk about Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness, we should definitely talk about him. Right. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Let's get yeah, I'm just a bit, we'll, we'll pencil him in here. That's why not. <laughs> we'll pencil. <laughs> we'll pencil the doctor in. Sure. I think we could fit you into our our schedule. Yeah. So Stephen Strange wants wants to be happy. We talked about earlier, right? And where does he end in this movie? What what is what is his overall like thoughts and feelings on happiness? See, this is this is the thing. I don't it's like I don't think he does, right? He's just content to be he's content to be whatever, right? And I think that this is the it's like part of the tragedy I think of his character in some way that like oh, he's just so okay with feeling nothing in some capacity. 
in that like when he when he sees himself in this in this alternate dimension who 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 has um who has gotten out of hand as as he says himself even that one can't imagine a world anything beyond the the sanctum right it's just him mm-hmm. and i think that like mm-hmm. it, it it is a way of like him being the exact foil to wanda of wanda being the one so driven that like i will i will destroy everything to 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 be reunited with someone i love he is the exact opposite. It's like, I'm totally okay with mundanity and feel nothing. Um, as a, as a means to also, like, I feel like make him unsympathetic in certain ways of like, in ways that like, I also appreciate just in terms of like, this is this character. I, I would believe this mm-hmm. about this person. I do think it makes him a perspective. And I like at times that I've always said that like, the one thing I appreciate about the first Doctor Strange movie is that the movie does not try to make you like him too much. It's not like the Tony Stark thing where I think ultimately there's a lot of sympathy for Tony in the ways there's not for Doctor Strange. Even the idea that like his big change comes from texting and driving. Like the most <laughs> the most humbling thing you could imagine is this mother this this motherfucker. He couldn't use his hands and do his work. But what separates him from a character like Tony Stark is that he does not want to do harm yeah he he does not want to hurt anyone he actively wants to help people Mm -hmm. he wants to help the most amount of people and he can be very calculating and very cold about that Mm -hmm. but he wants to help that's like his genuine interest is helping people whereas tony's genuine interest is looking like a badass and (laughs) when you're talking about how he doesn't um he's content with not feeling anything i don't think that's the case he wants to feel for christine he mm-hmm. wants to have a relationship with Christine. But to bring this back to Sam Raimi's other movies, Spider-Man, Spider-Man is constantly conflicted about choosing between his duty and between his, his you know, love and desire to have a normal life with Mary Jane. Here, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange isn't conflicted. He's like, no, I know what I want. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I know what I have to do. And I'm sorry, I have to give you up for this. It's like that coldness of that decision and accepting the fact that he can't be cold. It's like that. It's like repression, right? It's all about repressing mm-hmm. his his desires, right? It, the movie does not go out mm-hmm. of its way to say he has none. It's that he believes that it is better for everyone himself, even mm-hmm. if he kind of ignores them a little bit. Right. I think it brings us to a really interesting point when Doctor Strange like embraces darkness and like demons. Mm-hmm. And becomes as and like possesses a zombie body mm-hmm. to then give emotional support to someone. Yeah. To give emotional support to America Chavez. Like this is a really interesting it's a really interesting turn. And I was wondering what you thought about that. Besides the fact that he looks so fucking cool and I want that action figure. Oh, absolutely. When mm-hmm. when when he went all in like necromancer, like Doctor Strange, that was the first time I remember thinking outside of like the little music battle he does with his uh his himself. That was the first time I thought, wow, your powers look cool. Like, that shit was sick. You know, seeing, uh, yep. you know, seeing all the, uh, like, the, 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 arm, the arm wings and the fucking, uh, like, decaying body. Also, like, once again, the, the B-movie, like, horror makeup on him that's, like, very cheesy looking. It's not trying to be too realistic. I love mm-hmm. it. That's the, you know, fucking get that shit in my movies more. That looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't mm-hmm. care that it looks a little silly. I like that it looks silly. Mm-hmm. And also, just like, yeah, I, I completely agree with you because him, him taking this step and, like, literally embracing a, a, a dead version of himself to prove that there's still life in this, right? Uh, mm-hmm. we're, abandoning the, we're abandoning the realm of subtlety in superheroes more, superhero movies. I do think that is him stepping into Wanda's domain, right? And also knowing mm-hmm. that on some level, he knows he cannot be the guy, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. only person who can, st- as America, will also show off Wanda, which is kind of the weird repeat beat of that scene of like, I can't be the person to do this. And then America Chavez is like, I can't be the person to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, versus kind of wanting at that point, I was like, America Chavez should just kind of like, I'm kind of okay with her just punching the shit out of Wanda at this point. Like, mm-hmm. go for it, you know? I do think it is it is about him knowing himself in some capacity and therefore being like, oh yeah, like left to my own devices, I probably would sacrifice this kid. And so I'm going to do the thing that feels absolutely wrong uh, in this moment. And I do think that like that is that is an arc, you know, for, for, uh, for Steven, so to say. Is it, is it a particularly deep one? 
not really, but it's something. All time, uh, he feels like he's the highlight of this movie, <laughs> which is really just that last action bit. Mm-hmm. And it proves that, like in this in superhero movies, style can do a lot to uh, enhance a, enhance a hero, right? <laughs> For sure, like the those action sequences at the end really did a lot for me uh, as an audience member like really brought me back to like okay yes this is why i like sam raimi uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is this is what makes dr strange pretty cool i really enjoyed that part of it uh i I know that we're getting close to time so i think we should finish um finish just talking about that final beat there when america chavez decides i can't be the one to do this and then brings wanda and then Wanda is forced to see, for, forced upon like seeing what she actually is doing to her kids in this other mm-hmm. universe. What mm-hmm. did you think of that scene? I think this is good because I do think it, it wraps up the, the 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 messiness of this movie. And I'm not even just talking mm-hmm. about like the stuff we talked about earlier, but I think it's even in terms of like how it also kind of on some level, like for as breakout as Wanda is in this movie, I do think that this this one moment isn't as impactful as I want it to be. It feels like she's already kind of gotten past that point, right? Like mm-hmm. we have it feels weird to just put the the like by obviously having her appear in front of like having her violence be apparent to her children. Mm-hmm. It feels like we're a little bit past that point already as kind of explained by herself in like kind of earlier parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. And so this moment feels like it doesn't have the ability to imagine something kind of slightly more interesting for Wanda. And that's why, like, perhaps I wanted a a, a true face-off between her and America, because in some ways it is like an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Like, and while I do like the idea of herself, like, forgiving herself in that moment, it feels like, it feels like it's missed a beat, almost. It feels like it hasn't mm-hmm. quite gotten to that point of Wanda feeling remorse so to say it doesn't have quite have the chips to cash in at that point because it hasn't really this movie hasn't been about her feeling remorse love being this like kind of like very powerful very driven uh emotion uh but also could be a very selfish one i think is a really interesting concept but i think the emphasis not being on wanda's love or like inability to feel love for anything at that point i don't know it feels it feels disconnected so to say but what about you? How did you feel about this last moment? You know, I I thought it made sense for Wanda as a character, but I think as an audience member, it was a bit, a little bit unsatisfying. The scene is mm-hmm. drawn out long enough that I feel the emotional weight of it. And I understand mm-hmm. why, like, you know, Wanda loves these kids, but the kids don't reciprocate that love. And that moment is where her realizing that is the moment where she has reflection. And I understand why it's like everybody else is telling her Wanda like this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like there are there is another mother who loves this ki- who loves these kids already. Other characters in the film like argue that her kids aren't real. It doesn't work. Yeah, like, I, I, I side with Absolutely. Wanda in that moment. Um, You know, I'm like, no, the, the like the, one, the kids have to be real if they want to use the kids in the future. Plot armor. One. Two. <laughs> um, two, the idea that she can manifest them. You know, kid, kids aren't made of magic. Isn't that how all the mothers work? That's a that's a fun little line that she has there. And, and like, t- to her point, like, yes, she can create children. That's cool. Through chaos magic. Uh, <laughs> why not, but, right? Why, why the fuck not? Um... But I agree, like, I think it would have been more emotionally fulfilling if we got to, uh, not just for for Wanda's point, but for America as well, to see America fight Wanda a little bit longer. I I saw some interviews with Sam Raimi where he said the original cut of this film was like 30 minutes longer, so maybe there was a fight. Mm -hmm. Um, But it would have been fight after fight after fight after fight in a row, and let's be honest, this film has a lot of fights. (laughs) Yeah, this movie has a lot going on in, in general. But I think you've absolutely hit it, which is just the characters in this movie don't actualize the children in ways mm-hmm. that the ending demands that they do. Yeah. Like, and and I, I would appreciate if America was someone who was like, at, once again, advocating to Steven, like, hey, he'd like these, these, you know, 
just because like you don't understand this concept or does it appear real for you as someone who's from an alternate dimension that doesn't make it not real so to say doesn't make it not exist and kind of like your calculative mind but that's <laughs> not ever where we go so to say and it's or, or very least it's not given the space to be explored up until that moment and so when it happens it's interesting but it is like oh well yeah of course the kids of course the kids are real right <laughs> like i know this as both a, an audience member i i understand franchises but also i there was no point during this movie especially after someone like having watched wandavision no wanda's in the wrong <laughs> mm-hmm. right it ends up feeling like a plot beat built on miscommunication rather than like a, a, an actual ideological difference so to say you mm-hmm. know what i mean and that's why I think it ends up feeling shallower at the end for me. Um, mm-hmm. At very least, once again, maybe if this movie wasn't a Doctor Strange movie, it would we would feel I would feel differently, right? But I, I think that as a result, because uh, you know, because Wanda ultimately has to be like second fiddle in some capacity, it doesn't she doesn't get the attention in the way I want her to in some ways. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Doctor Strange, I think we're nearing the end of our episode. And we yeah, should yeah. provide our wrap-up thoughts and determine whether or not our hero gets a champion belt. Now, yeah. we talked about technically three characters across this <laughs> episode. Uh, for the most part, Wanda. Do we want to... We haven't had a Doctor Strange proper episode, so we definitely need to give him a uh, give him a verdict. Uh, No. I, I feel like the movie doesn't want to give him the belt wow. either, so I'm going to give him no. Like, you know... This is a good example of a character I think I can appreciate, but still be like, no, you're not getting the belt. Yeah, um, here's the thing. I'm going to give a stipulation. Uh, Sinister Strange, Zombie Strange, gets the belt. Uh, <laughs> also, yeah, the, that, that resurrected corpse of Doctor Strange. Yeah, that, that's, that, that gets the belt. With the fucking demon cloak and then like the multiple demon arms. It's so sick. cool. It's sick. I it's sick. I cannot wait to buy an action figure. Uh, <laughs> that Strange gets a belt. Um, but the rest of our film, no, I wouldn't give Doctor Strange a belt either. And it's not, I don't blame Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi was given the script and he tried his best for yeah. a character that he loves. My hope is that when there's a, an inevitable third movie, Sam Raimi directs and writes it. Could give it a lot of heart and sentiment that I think is, mm-hmm. is, is occasionally missing from this movie or, or replaced instead with uh, a lot of cameos and stuff. Like, you know, as much as I enjoyed uh, Wanda tearing apart Reed Richards. If we just gave more time to Wanda in general, then I would just be happier. Or more time to Doctor Strange. Or more time to Doctor Strange. E- exactly. Or America. Literally or America. any other character than these four characters who are going to die. Like five characters who are going to die. Yeah, who, who their point is they're a cameo and they die. Boom. Mm-hmm. It's like an event comic. Yeah, Any, really though. Anyway, I feel like at the end of this, I have to give Wanda the champion belt just because I feel like she is... By nature of her having to be the villain and her having been a hero for so long, she is inherently having to play a character with dimension, right? (laughs) Having to play a character with depth and complexity. And, of course, is that still wrapped up in a lot of the problems of the MCU? Absolutely. But I do end up liking Wanda a lot more at the end of this. Uh, If their goal is to go for tragedy, then, like, once again, still stipulations aside, I still end up uh, liking Wanda at the end of the story. So, yeah. Wanda, I'll, I'll say Wanda keeps her belt uh, if it's a little bit bloodied. <laughs> yes, it's a bloodied belt. She will keep that. Mm-hmm. And sadly, sure. and sadly, America is, uh, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll give her like a little baby belt. <laughs> she gets, she gets, she gets like a, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like a, a Creed thing. Like we talked about last episode where it's like, maybe you didn't get the champion belt this time around, but I'm going to keep watching you. I'm going to see what happens with you in the future. Yes. I'm excited to see where she goes. Uh, hopefully they could try and um, hopefully they'll do something to, to fix some of the problems they kind of set in this film. But I, I'm with you on, on America Chavez as well. So overall thoughts in the film. Um, I, I think I think we've given given it yep. enough uh, praise and criticism. What's our uh, what's your joke rating for this, Michael? I'll give it seven out of ten. Seven out of ten pizza balls. Nice. I'm going to give it seven out of eleven interdimensional uh, bean eyeballs flying through the streets of New York. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What a great Evil Dead reference. I love Wonderful. that. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I will say, just because I forgot to say this a little bit earlier, that my one big rescind is that I wish that this universe hadn't been called 616. I wish it had been called a different number. Yeah, me too. Because it's technically not the 616 universe. No, it's not. It's mostly based on the Ultimate Universe and is slowly trying to become the 616. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's like that, and that's like comic book, comic book, uh, comic book nerd shit. So by all means, feel free to stuff us in the locker. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. this has been great, Joe. Um, where are we at in terms of points right now? So I have twenty six and a half points, according to Michael, and mm-hmm. I and Michael has twenty seven points. So the mm-hmm. gap is narrowing. Uh, yep. Michael, uh, if you could keep this exact score until mid July. Yeah. Maybe you could argue for a double episode where where we get a guest uh, to quiz us both. Yeah. But um, until then, Michael, uh, what should our listeners look forward to next week? We're doing Moon Knight. We're hopping across a different dimension in the MCU because people don't know if it's part of the MCU, but it's part of the MCU. We're doing Moon Knight. Yeah. Very excited um, about this show. A very uh, complicated character. Uh, with a lot of um, a lot of identities going on, and yes. many it, like both within actually the character, but metatextually as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see. We'll see what we end up doing. Mm-hmm. For sure. But yeah. For now, everyone, thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, thank you for listening to another episode of Champion Casters. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at champion underscore cast. You can also email us any of your thoughts or questions at championcasters at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to give thanks to the following. Shan Theobald for our logo artwork. Adam Renroe for our intro and outro music. Joseph Tomlin for managing our social media. And Michael Ruiz for editing our episodes. <laughs> and I have been your host, Michael Ruiz. You can find me at twitter.com at next underscore entry. And the video essays I write on my YouTube channel, Next Entry. I have also been your host, Joseph Tomlin. You can find me at twitter.com and Instagram at joke Tomlin. That is J-O-U-K-T-O-M-L-I-N. Thanks again for listening, everyone.